It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Have yet. There we are. Hello, everyone. Uh, sorry for the delay today. Um, and uh, we've been, we're going to get going right away because Mike's got to move along here. And um, many of you are watching the game. I hope maybe you're, maybe you're uh, joining us today as, as the game's still going on right now. Uh, it's 3 2. Yeah. And uh, it's been a fun yeah, some, so, Somebody pointed out that the uh, they didn't. Ch- they didn't check out the scheduling too well because today's game in Sweden conflicts with the Sweden Italy World Cup qualifying soccer match. Oh, hmm. wow! Afternoon conflicts, you know, for sporting events during the workday. That's <laughs> kind of rare. Yeah, I don't think I they're. Mean, I don't I think they're they nighttime. So they don't worry about the TV on this game. This game is about what they make at the gate. I think. To yeah. Be honest, yeah. True. And just the goodwill publicity type stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's really, I'm really impressed. Let's start off with the show here, and uh, we'll be going, Hello, Hockey World. It is Friday, November 10th, 2017. I'm Michael Agello on location. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Eklund, and you're watching Hockey Buzzcast from HockeyBuzz.com. It's the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the coming and going in the hockey world. And uh, in honor of them playing in Sweden today, I'm wearing my Norwegian sweater which is, which was purchased on my honeymoon in Norway which means that this piece this ski sweater is almost exactly 20 years old which is pretty insane and um, you know older it's definitely older than you know my children <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> probably a lot of you are watching the show so um so there you have it yeah so um, anyway watching the game I, I, I just want to talk a little bit about that and then we'll go right into the Actually, we'll go. Let's go. Let's go to the game. Stuff. We'll go to Bozak first because Mike's got to the Bozak rumors are out there now. Um, he has fallen out of favor lately. Mike, is this true? Well, I wouldn't say fallen out of favor. He basically what's going on is Mike Babcock is rotating players who are not fourth liners on the fourth line. Bozak got his little trip there, but so did right. Mitch Marner. And uh, actually, they. Uh, a couple games ago, they were the best. They were the best line. Um, they were. Um, it was him, Marner, and Matt Martin that scored. I think three of the four goals against St. Louis uh, last weekend. So um, now tonight, with Matthews out again, he's playing with JBR and uh, and with uh, Marner uh, on this. I think it's the second line, and with. Matthews out. I mean, they really can't afford to trade Bozak, but when Matthews is back, and this is not a serious injury. Yeah. I mean, what's likely to happen because what they've been doing is moving Patrick Marlowe to the middle. Babcock does not want Patrick Marlowe to play the middle. Right. This is all. I, I would say the Bozak rumors are contingent on whether Mike Babcock is comfortable with William Nealander moving to center because if they're making a deal with. And you reported Columbus or the Rangers. Yeah, they're not. They're. It has to be for a defenseman, 
And I would lean more towards Columbus. Russ will tell you that I don't think that the Rangers are trading Brady Shea, and they're not trading, and they're not trading Tyler Bozak for Nick Holden or Brendan Smith. So um, I would say if if I was to make a guess at who that they would be trading for from Columbus, it would be Brian Murray, because that's a guy they could hold on to for a couple years. At least seem like quite. Um... They have to give more than that to get. Yeah, like it seems like he's somewhere between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, Braden Shea's and the Ryan and Ryan Murray are pretty similar in my mind as far as value goes. I mean, uh, Mark Shea's got a lot more offense. He does. Yeah, and 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 Columbus has Warinsky, who they have got to pay. They, uh, Murray's an RFA. They're going to resign. Um, they're going to resign uh, uh, Jack Johnson. They've right. got Savard on a long-term deal. They've got Seth Jones on a long-term deal. There's defensive depth in Columbus. The, Shea is almost untradeable for the Rangers because yeah. they really don't have defensive depth other than the guys who are on the roster right now. Yep. That's true. Um, I, mean, I think that defense is, defense is definitely what we're looking at, what Toronto's looking to get back here, obviously. That's, that's the deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, – but Bozak has been, you know, I mean, he was scratched a couple games at the end of October, too, right? Wasn't he, like, sitting in the press box for a bit there? Um, I thought for some reason he wasn't. I mean, not, that, not, yeah, no, not, not, that, not that I recall. I mean, Dominic Moore was, but not, not Bozak. Right. I mean, it, I, I don't I – don't, I don't, I'm not sure of this, uh, him being in the doghouse thing. I mean, you got to remember, he had a career year last year, 55 points. He's a UFA at the end of this year. The, trading him would not be him being in the doghouse. It would be asset management, getting something for a guy who's a good player for now while he's still got value and he can be with a team for the rest of the season rather than him falling out of favor. So right. I, I, I think that's more I think that's more likely the motivation. But I, I you know, I think James Van Riemsdyk, I think him and I think Leo Komarov are all potential trade uh pieces for them because I don't know whether there is a lot of hunger to sign them for the type of money it would take to sign them. And right. they, the Leafs have a lot of youngsters in, in their in their chain that they can move up. And that's that's the other thing. They can move up players who may be almost as good as Bozak uh, or move players into center like Nylander, and that, that will be a factor. But they have to get a defenseman. Uh, I, I, to me, looking at their the team so far, but their defense is nowhere close to being uh, the caliber that will get them through a round or two in the playoffs. Yeah, right now I can see that. I mean, I think that I mean, what we've seen so far out of them is, is, is you know what you see out of young defense. So, I think it's be all over the place. Yeah. Well, young defense and Hainsey. Yeah. And yeah. He, and and I wish and I wish I, I wish I had a dollar for every time uh, Mike Babcock has talked positive and a few been effusive in his praise of Ron Hainsey. And don't get me wrong, Ron Hainsey has played well. He's played um, above uh, expectation. <laughs> but I had some. I, he's also just doing you know what 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 Babcock likes about is he's doing what yeah. expected defenseman to do on most plays. That's the thing. Right. But but not a, they have a tendency. To not want to make the simple play up the board sometimes, you know, like they're they when you watch them, their defense, they want to go. I mean, obviously, it's, it's very tempting when you got the kind of star power you have up front there for a young defenseman. You see Marner or or you know Matthews breaking through the neutral zone, like to, to try to make him play, to try to get to him. 
or he's more likely that maybe you know. It, but that that play can be very risky when you don't see the other guy hiding behind somebody who's going to pick that pass off, right? So yeah, Hainsy is more of a. I mean, more of a, a simplistic defenseman in the sense that, you know, if if there's not a play there, you know, see, it's, it's what the what an old hockey coach used to used to say. He used to call it two steamboats, which was one stride, two stride, and then shoot it off the boards and get it out of the zone. Because if you don't have a play, then you know it, the only thing that can happen is something bad. And that's you know, honestly, with, with some of the other Leaf defensemen, that's what happens. Guys like Jake Gardner double clutch, hold on to the puck too long, try to be creative, and when they try to be creative, they give away the puck and put themselves in a, in a bad position. And you know, Morgan Riley has done that the last few years, but he's doing it less now uh, with Hainsey as his defense partner. But I, I had somebody ask me a question that says, you know, uh, uh, who's a, are the Leafs better off with 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 uh, Ron Hainsey over Matt Hunwick, which was basically, you know, Hunwick signed with Pittsburgh, Hainsey was with Pittsburgh, he signed with Toronto. And I said, well, that's questionable because Hunwick was a number a number five or number six defenseman. He was on the bottom pairing, and he played 14, 15 minutes. Hainsey's playing a couple games ago. He played 24 minutes. Yeah. yeah but if Hainsey's Hainsey, putting up points. Hunwick didn't put up points. Right, but the only reason Hainsey's putting up points, Russ, is because he's paired with Riley, and they're playing in offensive positions. But, 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 I mean, this um, is the thing, though, but, the, but this is the one thing about Hainsey. No matter who you put him with, he will, he will put up points if you put him with high-caliber players. Pittsburgh figured, figured that out. It's not like you could put Matt Hunwick with, with Riley and get points. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, but, but what I'm saying is you're giving more ice time to a defenseman, I think, who's slightly better, but you're putting him in a position where he's a number two and he's getting that kind of ice time. I mean, they would be such a, such a, a much better defensive uh, core if he was your number five. Andreas Borgman on the bottom pairing, and you had an actual top four defenseman in his place. And I think that's where they're going to go if they, you know, if they do make a trade for a defenseman. It's not going to be another bottom pairing guy. It's going to be a top four defenseman who plugs in. I don't think they're going to get it for the assets you're talking about. They're going to really well, not for both. I have to load up yeah. on one of those trades to do that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they're. They're not going to get him for a rental player. They're going to they're going to get him for it's probably going to have to be somebody other than Bozak in the deal. You know, again, Caspery Kapanen or somebody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll let you go, Mike. Thanks so much. Yep. Thanks, Mike. Okay. I'll, all right. Talk to you later. Um, so I want to talk to you guys a little bit about this. Um, the uh, couple things. First of all, the Oilers have recalled Pajarvi. Okay. Um, and uh, I just wanted your thoughts. It's funny because I was talking to somebody about PRV today, and they were saying how you know what sort of disappointment PRV is. And I just I think that's not it's fair. It's so soon to say that. I mean, people again, people have to forget where a guy gets drafted, what position, and yeah. just look at the player. And the player isn't like physically mature yet, and sometimes not mentally mature on the ice. And and that's fine. Look at Brendan Perlini. Look how long Arizona waited for him. He had two goals last night. Yeah. I mean, they may have to wait for Payarvi. That just may be the way it is. Not everybody you take in that position is ready to play right away. I think to put those kind of expectations on a player is stupid. I mean, I think that I think he's suffered by the fact that he was, you know, he was kind of paired with Line. A, you know, I mean, like people, yeah. people put him, you know, and they expect and Line a came in so fast and did what he did. But uh, you know, and 
some people at some points were saying who's better PRV or line A. I remember all those discussions, those debates, yeah. like that. Um, and I think those debates kind of went away, but even by the time they were drafted, you know, it was pretty mm -hmm. obvious that line A was going to be the better player. But now, you know, you expect these guys to come in in their first year or their second year and just make huge impacts all the time. Now it's it's just it's it's we see more than ever before, but it's still it's still rare. I think that's it's still iffy. I mean, you know, even you know, go back to even you know Nolan Patrick. Has he really had an impact yet? Not yet. Yeah, I mean, no, and he's been hurt for a while. He's been hurt, and so, like, you know, you hope that a guy is going to make an impact, but you never know. These things are never etched in stone. For every guy that does make an impact, there's another, you know, look at all the guys that were sent down. I mean, you don't have to even go any further than that. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I agree. So, I mean, both, I mean, the Oilers last night, I watched a little bit of the game against the Devils last night. Um I thought it was. I thought it was really a. It was one of those games that the Oilers can build on. Like if they if they if they want to become something, this this is a game they can build off of. You know. Yeah, I agree. I I agree. And well, same for the Devils though, because again, this is. Yeah. You know, people had asked me, "Do I think the Devils are going away?" And they're not going away. Not yet. No, they're too fast. I mean, they're too fast to go away. I mean, they. I mean, they can start to fade in 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 the later part of the season. It wouldn't shock me, but they. But they are. The speed's good right now. The chemistry is good. The goaltending is good. And the defense is better than what it's been. And even the addition of a guy like Drew Stafford was a good addition. It really was. I mean, they just – it's interesting because I really feel like we're at a turning point on some teams here. You know, you know, Chicago last night up to come into Philly. Yeah, it's a turning point badly. For, for it. Yeah, they're – I mean, they are pulling out the stops early in the season. Like throwing Sharp and, and you know, throwing that line together, Kane, Taves, and Sharp. Yeah, Taves is struggling so much. I mean, it's just obvious. Yeah, he's making he's making bad plays, which you never see out of him. I mean, not that I don't, and I think but I also think people are saying, oh, he's he's on the downside of his career. He's still not that old to be on the downside. No, I don't know if he's on the downside, but in, in the locker room last night, he, you know, look, he was a little iffy with his confidence, and he said so, and and he feels like if that team gets some confidence, they'll be better. I think the problem is when they know their defense is as bad as it is. Yeah. A Crawford has to be that much better. And Crawford played a great game. I mean, I don't care if you think three goals isn't a great oh, game. He played Crawford a great game. Crawford, if it wasn't for Crawford right now, they would be completely in trouble. Yeah. I mean, but he's that's one of the best, maybe the best goalie in the NHL this year, and, and yeah. that team is still struggling. And I think that defense derails their offense because it's so bad at times that it just it, it it just for a while they would just they couldn't do anything on the ice. Because defensively, they couldn't make a stop at all. No, it really is. It, it's always been a defense that has relied. That is, the, the Blackhawks defense has been the whole constant theory of your best defense is a good offense. That's what yeah. they've always been. And when their offense slips at all on defense, their defense slips. Yeah, I mean, Brent Seabrook can't skate right now. He can't – I mean, unless something happens with him where he's injured, he, he can't skate. He looks injured to me. And Duncan Keith – is 34 years old. Like, that's astonishing to me that Duncan Keith is 34 years old, first off. I have to say, I feel like I'm old when Duncan Keith is 34 years old. And I will tell you this, with Keith, when he was pinching and going pretty deep in the zone to get back, he just makes it in time. It's not like yeah. the old Duncan Keith where, you know, we used to marvel. It's he, it's he, He's getting the mileage on him now. And so he could still play, but – to play like that, to be able to cover for everybody and all their defensive woes, he can't do that anymore. Yeah, and those guys have to be huge. I mean, they have to be. I mean, Jarmelson loss was massive. Was, 
was massive. It really was. I mean, and and, and to us to a lesser degree, the Van Riemsdyk loss has turned out to be important too. That's and a big loss too. It was. Those two guys, for what it's worth, they were giving them minutes that was enabling Keith and Seabrook to not to play all the time. I mean, I remember covering this team in the Stanley Cup Finals when they had like three defensemen and they were going through the finals with three defensemen a couple years ago. You know, and those three defensemen were, you know. I mean, that's when Van Breesbrook, Van Breesbrook, Van Reemsdyke starts to play better um, and started to play for them. But even at that point, remember they had like, it was basically Jarmelson, Keith, and Seabrook, and no, and, and whoever else they could find. Like they were just, yeah. I mean, honestly, they made it, they made a good move in going out and getting um, the, the tree agent that they got at the end because he, he looked pretty good for them once. I'm sorry, why can't I can't think of it. you mean? No, um, defensively. Yeah, he he's a he's a rookie, Jan Rudy. Rudy. No, not not the rookie, the the vet, Franzen, Cody oh, Franzen. Cody Franzen. He did look pretty good, but it's weird that he had such a big role on this team already. Yeah, on the power play when they picked him up at the last minute, like that just shows the desperation for yeah. that position. Yeah, that, I agree with you completely. Um, I mean, they're they are definitely a team. You know, there's a lot of teams. There's a lot being made now that you know. I saw something today. XM was talking about it today that you know. If you haven't won 20, if you don't have 20 points by your 20th game, I thought this was an interesting stat, um, your chance to make the playoffs are about 18%. You know, so yeah, I don't like that. They try and do this in football yeah. where they put the percentages on everything, and then all yeah. of a sudden if a team wins you know, 10 in a row, it doesn't matter what percentage you placed on them you know, 10 weeks ago. And so it's the same in hockey. Right now you're putting a percentage on their first 20 games, but if their next 20 – they're let's say ninety percent better. It doesn't matter what their percentage was in the first twenty. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. The problem with the the problem with it is though it's it's always okay. So someone can be bad for a month and a half, and then they can be really yeah. good for a month and a half. And that, yeah. that these are always this is always the case. It can end up evening itself out. The problem with being bad first is that if you're bad first, um, and then so say you're five and ten, and then you go ten and five, and you know okay, so you're rough. You're five hundred all, all of a sudden. Problem is that you've just gone ten and five, and you're going. There's going to be a, a, a reflex back to not being good again. Like you can't keep yeah. that stress. So the, it's not that you can't catch up and suddenly be back to where you were. It's, it's can you can you maintain that um, after you catch up? Because you right. can catch up, but then you have to go forward, and that's why you see a lot of teams catch up, but then then hit the wall because you can't keep playing at that level. Right. And you can't win two out of every three games all the time, and that's pretty much what you have to do in the NHL sometimes. So right now and, and you know of all these teams you know like Edmonton is falling you know they they should be able to get back into it um but it is amazing to me and, and it's, it's really it really more than anything else is isn't is because of the stupid you know point for an overtime loss rule that you can't get back in this thing when you fall behind sometimes oh it definitely hurts you I mean I hate that I, just, I will always hate that always hate the point for a loss thing because it really just it affects things it makes teams so but like I, was it was it um Elliot Freeman a few years ago said you know if by if if by like November fifteenth you're out you're behind by four points in the playoffs. If the playoffs, your chances of making it are, are almost like ten percent. It's just crazy stuff like that. That's for a lot of you know. It's not. And then you sit there saying you can get two wins the rest of the way. So you should be able to get make those four points up. But the the reality is, you could you can make those four points up, but then you can't maintain the pace for whatever reason. So it's like it's it's almost yeah, I like think, I think the hard thing is is you have teams. And there's a handful of teams that game plan to literally play a, a tight game and they're okay with going into overtime and getting that point. Oh, yeah. So many teams are there. And they're 
especially on the road. I mean, it's just yeah, especially on the road. Boring, boring hockey for some teams on the road, and and that's frustrating. You know, really frustrating when you go to a game and you watch a team that's just trying to get to overtime. Yeah. Um. You know, it's really, it's really annoying. Uh, I w- there we need then something has to be done about that eventually. I, I don't think they ever will because they like they in their opinion everything is so close and that's what everybody wants. But yeah, the reality is it's it's not close. It's 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 not it's not really what people want. You know, um, we play we play games for wins and losses. That's 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 why you play a game. You don't sit down and play Monopoly hoping to get a tie. You know, you right. sit down when you play a game, you play a game. You know, you, you we, we want to win or you want you're going to win or you're going to lose. Yeah, very frustrating. But um. You know, I did think there were a couple things last night you didn't see because you were at the game, but I thought that the whole Brian Boyle goal was was really touching. That was something yeah, that was nice. Um, I really have always liked Brian Boyle. I think you know he's one of the good guys in hockey. He's always been. You know, I thought last year I was really thrilled when he got traded, um, despite the fact that Mike wasn't thrilled about the at the time. That we well, he about. didn't really produce for the Leafs, and and to be honest, offensively the last two or three years, maybe even more, he hasn't produced a whole lot either. Yeah, but he is such a good locker room guy. He is, um, and I think that that matters. I think it matters a lot with New Jersey. And, and last night, you know, and with young teams especially, he's the perfect guy to bring in. Yeah, I watched a little bit of that LA Tampa game last night too. Oh my gosh! I mean, Tampa is a juggernaut. Tampa's incredible. They're crazy. I mean, LA is a you team know, that's been I, playing really well. I brought up something. I brought up something yesterday that that you were unaware of because you know you weren't on the show. Right. But um, you know, Vasilevsky's got the most wins in the league. Kucherov and, and Ovechkin are top two in, in goals, and Tarasenko's the top plus-minus guy. And for all the people that always, you know, slam Russians, you know. Really interesting. It's interesting that they're the leaders in a lot of things right now, and Tampa has no problem signing Russians ever or drafting them. Yeah, no, they, they, they never have. And, and Russians love to go to Tampa. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing you have to remember. If you grew up in Russia um, and you go visit Tampa – you know, you're just going to be you're 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 going to think you've actually reached paradise. Like that's it's a total, Tampa's beautiful, um, and warm all year long, and just incredible. I mean, it's not a hard place to get a Russian player to play. No, at all. But they, um, the the thing about Tampa that's really should be scary for some teams and should be the model for others is that even though they did what they didn't make it last year, right? They had that off year, right? But they. For the most part, they're in it every year. They they have star players and they have a deep prospect pool. And if you have all those things, like even Mike and I were talking about it offline, and the difference between like them and the Leafs is like Frederick Anderson is is not an elite goalie. Right. And it's not to say you can't win a couple of them, because teams have won a couple of them out of an elite goalie, but when Anderson made it to the conference finals, he had an elite defense. And Anaheim, which would still, even if the Leafs picked up two defensemen, they still wouldn't be an elite defense like Anaheim was. Like that takes years to to get that going. And so Tampa's got an elite goalie and a little better defense than they've had. And that's that's a really tough formula, man. That's that's a yeah. good formula. They have the right. They put together the right. I mean, Eisman's done a great job at putting together. And look the right how many game. people killed Victor Hedman for a couple of years. Oh, oh yeah, he's not developing. Oh, he's, how could you waste that pick on him? And you know now he's everything. Oh yeah, I mean, remember the Hedman? It was the Hedman Matthew Shane argument years ago that you know that they should have went after Matthew Shane. Um, yeah, that went away. Yeah, that went away quickly. I mean, Hedman is is maybe is 
my is maybe my favorite defenseman in the league. You know, just I, I just for all around things, he's the closest thing you have to like a Chris Pronger. He doesn't hit like Pronger, no, but he's but the his size and the way he moves the puck and the and the dominance he shows at times really is reminiscent. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a better puck mover than Pronger and more yeah more gifted in that regard. But yeah, he's not as tough as Pronger, but he's also not allowed to be as dirty either. Pronger right. got away with a lot. Pronger, I mean, that was definitely a big part of Pronger's game, but just the, the, the that's when you're at the player that's that smooth at that's at that size is just yeah. on defense is, is really can really control the control the game. No two ways about it. Um, I've been speaking of that. I've been impressed with Landeskog this week um, in Sweden. I think the whole team. I mean, I, I've been trying to tell people since post trade. Now, now that you're looking at this team post trade, did you see the play that Sam Gerrard made to set up their second goal? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's something they couldn't do a week ago. I know. Sam Gerrard is going to be a good player for them. I mean, it's amazing the amount of depth that the Predators have on defense. You know, they can move players like that. It is. And and then and their players, you know, they've, they've stocked a lot of the teams around the NHL right now with defensemen, it feels like. And if, you're, and if you remember, we talked about not only that part of it, but when they signed Yakupov, if he could only just get power play time, well, he's getting it, and he's – the great shot never was going to go away. That yeah, oh, yeah. has been there the whole time. It's just that some coaches felt like if you don't play a complete game, you can't play for me. Yeah. But he's scoring goals. I was always bad. We talked a lot on the show when he was available how much I how much I, I always believe that someone with someone should take a shot at him. I mean, it was just crazy yeah. to me that a player of that ability and that and not not a bad not a bad attitude guy either. I mean just, no. you know, a serious you know, he was it was a wonderful move for Colorado. I mean, just really literally a steal of a move for them to grab him. It was. I mean, they, you know, they made some really good depth moves in the offseason that probably not a lot of people gave enough credit for. We we thought that Varlamov would have to bounce back, and he did. And now with this trade, like they, there's no reason they can't hang around and at least attempt to make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you that Yakupov, I, I really – I heard lots of stuff that he wanted to go to Montreal. Montreal had talked to him a little bit as well, but that was a possibility – and you don't think Montreal would, would have would have liked that now? I mean, that's oh, like, absolutely. They need a guy who could shoot like that. And look, he's not going to score thirty goals, but if he gets yeah. twenty goals for him, that's a lot. And he's not bad defensively either. No. That's the thing that people forget about. That he's not. He's one of these guys who is actually a good two way player. On top of it, he's just not you know the big big time scorer, but he could still be yeah. very very solid. And Tyson Joe still has to get added back into the lineup when his groin injury heals. So that's another right. guy who was playing well until he got hurt. Even though he's a rookie. And so, yeah, I, I, Colorado is going to be around a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we always knew that they, they had too much talent to be that terrible. Yeah. Bruce Gary actually today with a story that was, that was kind of fascinating in the midst of Ottawa being over there in, in Sweden. He comes out with that Bettman says the downtown arena in Ottawa is vital to the future of the center's organization. Um, they've been saying that for, for 20 years. I know they have, but I wonder, but this, this is the first time that, you know, when someone in the NHL says that, that that's surprising sometimes. But you know, we've been to Ottawa. There's not a lot of room in downtown Ottawa. No, there's not. There's not. And downtown Ottawa, while I think it's important, not that many people live in downtown Ottawa. Like, that, you know, I mean, you could say that they live closer. I mean, they would have to build, like, a massive parking area, right? Because I remember yeah. when they had things for the, for the All-Star game, they had them downtown, right, in, like, a convention yeah. center or something. And you were parking in people's neighborhoods in the slushy snow. Like they don't yeah. have parking there. Yeah, there's there's there was no parking, and the down 
downtown is a lot of it's a it's it's a lot like you know downtown DC. You know, it's, yeah. It's it's government. It's it's government buildings and government people, and there's a lot of security because of that reason. So you have a lot of it's hard to get around. I mean, it's not like a downtown arena. I mean, downtown there is a downtown arena, obviously in DC, which has helped the capitals. But you know, but nobody drives to it. You can't. Yeah, no, you never take train to it exactly. And there's and it's more. Um, I mean, I think you're looking at more of like a train situation would be better. You know, they get yeah. actual an actual way. And there are some suburbs of Ottawa that where people do actually live. I don't know the area well enough to to say what they are, but and I know I do know that no matter how you slice it, getting to the arena from those suburbs is tough. As far as and even from downtown Ottawa, I don't think downtown is the key as much as it is just some place closer to where the people where the fans are. Right. Because um, downtown, like you're right, there's not it's not it's not a big downtown. It's not the kind of downtown where that's bustling with people. After five o'clock, it gets empty pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. It's, it's about that kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I think this sure. is honestly, I think Gary Batman is just sort of echoing what Eugene Melnick wants him to. This has been his fight all along, you know, and okay. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to be rushing to get an arena, though. I, if you notice, it's getting harder to get arenas built in Canada. Just ask Calgary. Oh, yeah, and that Calgary situation is, is enormously in flux right now, too. That's that's caught up in, like, an Islander-esque political squabble right now. That's just nuts. Um, there was a... It's interesting here that that the Canadians ever called Zach Bacala, you know. So this is, yeah, you know, this is a obviously with Montoya has is now hurt, so they needed an emergency backup. Um, they placed they placed Price on IR to do this. Right? Is even it a though, retro IR thing? I think so. Even though they even though they came right out and they said, "Oh, he can be back any day," which is like the strangest thing. So that's like a retro thing, yeah. Yeah, officially goes on IR to free up space. Is what I see. Um, could be back any day, right? So, it's it, you know they are so nervous about talking about Carey Price's injury. It's insane. Like I, I always wonder about this. I mean, obviously Price's injury is enormously important to this team. Well, if you remember just a couple of years ago with the whole skating thing, yeah. we went through a whole month of charade about that. We knew he wasn't coming back. I know, but right now they're they're acting like he could be back any moment. No, no, and, this and is that, different. I think this this one's different. But I, I get that they don't want it to be a focus. And but again. It's vital to their club. It's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. It really, it really, really is. Um, there's also a tournament going on over in um, in Finland, right? Like a, a mm -hmm. prospects tournament right now. Yeah, the Five Nations, but I'm not really able to see it. Uh, yeah, I saw the U.S. lost to Slovakia today, and U.S. doesn't seem to be doing as well as they've normally done. But I, I don't have a great handle on what's going on right now. Are these the guys that are going to be in the in the in the World Junior Championship? Yeah, these will be the guys that'll a lot of them that'll be in the World Juniors. So this and, is a, and a lot of them will be, you know, draft eligible too. So this is kind of a tune up in a way. Yeah, that one and the Canada Russia ones a tune up for that too. Gotcha. This one's more of draft guys than actually now that I think about it. These are more draft guys than than the World Junior guys. Okay. The World Junior guys there's more of them in the Canada Russia game a lot more. I got gotcha. you. There'll be some from that, but more from the other. I got you. Uh, I wrote, I tweeted out today a picture um, which I thought was amazing. Um, that four-time Olympic medalists and um, you know uh, Julie Julie Chu and Caroline Willette announced mm -hmm. the birth of their first child. Really cool picture. Really cool stuff. There. Um, I got a chance to meet these guys when I was covering in Vancouver, and um, just uh, they're they're just they're just great people. It was really exciting for them. So yeah, I've met Julie Chu and and. 
watched her play a lot, and she she's great, and and she's a terrific interview too. So I'm I'm happy for them. Yeah, they really are. I mean, all, all the both all the both women's teams are really great interviews. And yeah. I know you, I know you've been involved with women's hockey a lot too as we go on here, but um, and uh. Uh, I got a fun step before we get into tonight's game. Someone okay. said this to me. Um, I thought this was really interesting. So if if Yager scores a goal on March fifth, Yager plays against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yager scored a goal last night, right? So if Yager scores in that game on March fifth, he would have scored goals in the NHL ten thousand days apart from each other. <laughs> That's like an incredible. Like from his first goal to that goal, be ten thousand days. That's interesting. Sure. I mean, it's a little bit nuts, of course, but, you know, still, I mean, you know, it's good. As, I was glad to see him score a goal last night. I mean, I don't I don't know that it was the best move for Calgary sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he's still not in, like, mini Minoso territory where he had hits in five decades. Right. You know, but there are those weird things that, that come – and, and Minoso would literally come out of retirement and play at a way too old of an age just to try and keep that going, too. Yager's not doing that. No, he's still a, he's still a factor. And what I really what I really heard, saw a good article about him yesterday, and in his, his discussions he's had with Johnny Gaudreau, which I think now that's why you bring Yager into me. Like that's yeah, yeah. They're trying know. to give him that extra push. I hear now. I think what Yager saying is a little faulty. Like, hey, he could lead the league in scoring. I don't think Johnny Gaudreau is going to do that, but he certainly can be a top ten guy. Right, right. That's for sure. I agree with you. Uh, getting into tonight's game. Um, Besides the game we have going on right now, which is three three in the third, um, so that's a fun one. Um, we have the thing about this game over there is um, that they actually are playing on a on a rink that's abandoned from the SHL, and so it is an NHL size rink right now. Oh, they're no, not playing. It, it is, huh? It does. It did look like an NHL size. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're not playing on European ice. There are there two rinks at the Globe Arena. Is that what it is? I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but I just know I've been that, to that arena. I've been to that arena. It's beautiful from the outside. Yeah, it's empty. They don't have a, a current team there. Huh. So they've That's been weird. having concerts and stuff, but no hockey games. Yeah, because it was I was fascinating when I'm watching this because I was expecting, oh, we're gonna see a, a game played on bigger rank. Nope, same ice. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so the Panthers Sabres tonight, um, Bruins Maple Leafs, that's always always a good one. That That'll be a good game. I mean, especially without Matthews. This this game the Bruins will play this game pretty tight. Yeah. And Leaf fans can remember when they had two caress. Yeah. <laughs> right, Cousin Eddie? Been a while. Uh, Jets, Golden Knights um, for later on. Uh, Islanders, Stars. Blue we'll Jets. see if the Golden Knights can keep that game close because if the Jets are right and they're getting decent goaltending, they could really blow them out if you think about it. I mean, the Jets are, have only lost three games in regulation. That's pretty astonishing. Yeah. They really are. They, they Again, games. it's funny. We were, we were talking about teams that had better first lines than the Blackhawks, and the Jets are one of them. Yeah. Colorado is one of them. And there's actually a lot of teams that have better first lines now than the Blackhawks, even though we always used to you know, put that in high regard. And, yeah. and the Jets, they're off, their first line is devastating. Yeah, they've been, they've been phenomenal. Um, the Knights have come back down to earth a little bit, but this is the Knights finally returning home. So, yeah, and Flurry's cool. just taking shots in practice. He's not even that close yet to coming back. Man, imagine him. If they can now, get Subban's a little closer. Subban, I think they said will be back sooner. Yeah, if they can just hang in there long enough to long enough to get Flurry back, it'll yeah. be, be good. 
Um, and then the, I guess the big game tonight with one is on NHL Network, at least they've been talking about all day, is the Pens Capitals, which we always, which is, you know, this is definitely the thing. This that, game has changed, though. It's it no longer, yeah, it's no longer like Crosby Ovechkin. Like that thing, to me, that storyline is dead. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, 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 I agree, but the storyline of this game is, is, is the hatred, though, that the Capitals, because, I mean, the Capitals have had a couple seasons where they should have won Stanley Cups. Yes. Here. The Penguins have knocked him out of the playoffs, so that's that's a very real thing. Um, the, the 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 hatred that Washington fans feel and the hatred that you know goes on in general there between yeah. the Caps and the Penguins. Without the Penguins being in their division, or who knows, you know, the Capitals could have won a couple, and now now they'd be kind of lucky if they do win one. It feels like so. Do you still get the feeling the Penguins are sort of laying in the weeds right now, this part of the season? Well, yeah, I mean, Crosby's not playing well right now, which is. Interesting, you know, he he's definitely kind of having one of those years that Crosby, when he's not very interested for a while, will have. Yeah. You know, he'll eventually turn it on when he wants to. Um, it's I not, just get that feeling that that team will just turn it on when they want to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is way too early in the year for them to. This is still it's still preseason mentality with them at this point. Yeah, it seems that way. And with but with the Capitals, there's a little bit more urgency because look, their defense isn't the same. We know it, and yeah. Even their offense could be a lot better. Oh, I know. I know. It could be a lot better. I mean, for them, when you're playing the Penguins right now, yeah, there's urgency, you know, because you are playing the Penguins, and that's something that they have to do. Yeah, but the Penguins are really, I mean, I mean, they're 9-6-2, and two, which is essentially one game over 500 in my book. I know they call it, you know, NHL right. 500, whatever. That's, they're really 9-8. and eight. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, not, that's nothing. That's not very good for them at all. Uh, lots of games this weekend. Um, that'll be kind of fun. Let's get into those. Some of those. Um, the Oilers Rangers tomorrow. That's gonna be good. Uh, is that one at MSG or is that one in Edmonton? That one is at MSG. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, that again. I think everybody's learning. You don't want to go to overtime against Edmonton. Oh my gosh, no! That goal yesterday was unbelievable. Um, yeah. The overtime goal. I mean, McDavid. McDavid's just taking over overtime. So, like, if I'm yeah. a coach, I'm doing everything I can to win that game. In regulation against Edmonton. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that the speed he showed on that. There's absolutely nothing that could have had. Nothing they could have done differently. No. There, there was no way of stopping. This them is like all. NHL open ice now. Like in the sense that when you played yes. that game, there were certain combinations that it didn't matter who you had, you couldn't do anything. And if those two guys are hot, there's not a team at that could field three guys that would matter. No, totally agree. Totally agree. Um. So the Av Senators will have the rematch. The game just ended here. Um, I think in overtime for the Sen- the Sens winning this one. Yep. Yep. Um, they'll have a rematch again. Game for them. I mean, yeah, it's a very big game for them. Um, Stone had two goals, so that's a big game for Stone. He he's got seven or now eight goals in in seven games. Like he's been red hot for them. It, you know, again, the, the thing about the Senators is they draft so well that they don't have to have a lot of superstars in their team. They make them. They produce them. They really do. No, they, they really do. They continue to. It's, it's, and, and they have a lot of players you just you don't expect to keep going, keep coming on as they are. So it's just – I mean, Stone is – Stone is a, Stone is the one of the guy who has the unbelievable takeaway numbers. Like, he's ahead of everybody. Yeah, I think so. He's, he's, he's so far ahead of anybody else. Takeaway is bizarre. There's one of these, like, crazy statistics. You wonder why the guy isn't, you know, a selfie candidate or something like that with that many takeaways. Yeah, well, he's this year. He's he's getting he's finally getting a lot of do, and so he'll 
look, he'll 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 be an all star. He he's a guy that's getting a lot of a lot of praise right now, and he should he should he's coming into his own. I mean, he is going to yeah. get paid too. They they're going to have to pay him. Yeah, that's going to be an issue. That that's part of the reason why you know they obviously moved on from Kyle Turris. Yeah, no question about it. Well, stop, um, if, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna make the the determination of who you're going to pay. You saw Stone scoring today, like in the crease. Yeah. I'm paying yeah. the guy who's in the crease too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And a guy who's with that who's leading the league in NHL takeaways, like he does. That those are those are huge things. I agree. The Bruins at least will have a bag to back, so they'll be they'll be together again tomorrow. Um, and let's see what other interesting games. Oh, so they're going from they're playing in Toronto, then they're playing in Boston. Yep. That's not that bad of a trip, though. I mean that that's not terrible. Yeah. No, it's not too bad. And we tomorrow night we get we get the Wild in Philly, the you know the big game for the Flyers. Yeah, last I night. won't be there for that one. But Dubnik just came off a very weird shutout against Montreal because they didn't allow that Houdon goal. I know. I know that that uh, I don't know. You thought that goal should have counted, right? Yeah, I think that should have counted. But he's coming off a shutout. I don't know. If, I, you know, he has a day off, so they'll probably play him. And the Flyers look tremendous against. The Blackhawks and Elliot was that was the best game I've seen Elliot play as a flyer. Yes. So this this could be a really good matchup. It could, and they both need the the points. I mean, neither team is like a fat cat, so I think it'll be a good game. Totally agree. And tomorrow night we get the rematch of the Stanley Cup. Penguins may visit Nashville. So um, that'll that'll be fun. Maybe that'll bring some. Um, I mean, the Predators are playing better as well. Penguins are, you know. But is that the Hockey Night in Canada game? Is that the Hockey Night in Canada game? Well, what would be that? I don't think so. I think no, have, because there's no Canadian team, so they're going to show Leafs Boston. Well, you also have Buffalo at Montreal. Oh, so it'll either, it'll either be that or Leafs Boston. It'll be the Hockey Night in Canada, but that is the best game, that the Penguins-Nashville game. Yeah, yeah. And then you have Canucks, Canucks, San Jose, Jets, Coyotes late at night. So you'll probably get one of those will be your doubleheader game. For Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. Now, we don't hear – how is it working with the anthem now in Nashville? Like they're not nearly getting nearly as much press regular season as they were in the Stanley Cup. Like, are they getting any big names? Do we even know? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I um, I, I the guy who was doing it is gone, right? The original the guy yeah, who did it most of the year last year is gone. So, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good question. I'm trying to look it up to see if they've had anybody of note, or is it just like all wannabes? Yeah, we'd have to talk to we talked to our buddy Paul about that one. He would tell us for sure. Yeah, the Blackhawks will visit. Uh, well, actually, we will be home Sunday night against the Devils. They try to get their their game back together, and um, then you get the you get the Lightning and the Capitals, the Ducks. No, I'm sorry, the Lightning and the Ducks, the Caps and the Oilers, Sharks and the Kings. So that's Sunday. So yeah, so we, Sharks and Kings are always a good one. So the, a bunch of bunch of games, and I like I like when these games are spread out like they are. It seems like there's a bunch of games to watch here. Very good. Um, well, appreciate the uh, appreciate you all guys waiting today for the show to start later. We apologize for that delay. Um, we'll be back again on Monday, and enjoy the games tonight. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you soon. <laughs> so funny. There's my phone. That's awesome. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.